guess what, guys? There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite, locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Bojo's is the only answer. Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. You heard that right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family, a huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore, Colorado beer on tap, including our personal favorite, Breck Brews, and your personal favorite sports teams playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your holiday get-togethers or to celebrate birthdays and other large events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations along with gluten-free and plant-based options as well. There is nothing more important to Bojo's than their community, which is why they are always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising causes. Host your next fundraising event at any of their five front-range locations. They are also offering their holiday se- this holiday season a special pint glass koozies that make great stocking stuffers and come with a $5 gift card. Check those out at their site today at bojos.com. That's bojos.com and tell them DNVR Rams sent you. Off the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Or Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. at UNLV they've been kind of up and down this year but you know it's very apparent that they have great athletes they play hard what worries you most about them well you know there's a couple of things that stand out the first is that TJ's done a great job of getting them to play hard and they have a they have a real mentality when you watch them play uh, and whether it's their pace offensively or um, and w- or how they do what they're doing defensively. They they do it hard. They do it with 100% effort. That stands out. The second thing is that this team gets on the glass like no other team in our league. If you look at the, the, the analytics numbers, they're one of the top 10 teams in the country from an offensive rebounding perspective. If you think back to last week when we played Fresno, we were worried about Fresno because they were getting, I think, 32% of their misses. I think uh, UNLV He's getting 39% of their misses, if I'm not mistaken. And so, you know, those two things stand out, you know, how hard they play and how hard they get on the offensive glass. 
I saw you guys working on a couple of sets for them when they they want to press. Nico was saying they want to press a lot, and it, he was saying we want to we want to score. So is the key to just go fast in those situations? It, it, you know, it, to be honest, it's more be quick, but don't be in a hurry in that um, most of the time when defenses are extended out, so the farther they get extended out down the floor, it means that, guess what, you've got an opportunity to take advantage of that, and that's the way that we're going to play. Um, and so, you know, they may switch up their pressing a little bit. We've got to make sure that we're assertive, aggressive, and we're quick, but not in a hurry. We, we don't necessarily want to take a fast shot we want to attack and get a great shot and I think that's the mentality that you have to have you know, um, one of the things I would say that these guys have maybe struggled with a little bit is when you guys have gone against some teams with great length you know Utah State CU Duke a little bit right maybe the guards have not been able to, to get in the lane quite as well is that something that you feel like UNLV can defend in the same way uh, they're going to play hard. They're going to pressure. Um, and I, I think, you know, we, we've come, we've continued to improve in terms of handling that ball pressure and, and handle, handling that length. And you heard me, you know, a key teaching point in that is that when you attack, you have to attack under control. And that means that you got to play off two feet. Um, and so, you know, I'll just put my two fingers up sometimes to as a reminder that you got to play off two in terms of the penetration. And then when you're going to finish, in my mind, you have to play off two as well. Nico showed us that last night. He's in a tremendous finisher when he plays off two feet. So that's going to be a big emphasis for us on Saturday. Alrighty. Thank you to Dave Thorson. Shout out to Dave Thorson for taking a few minutes to, to preview the UNLV game. That's basically what this entire podcast is going to be out. We're going to be talking just a ton of hoops today. Uh, CSU Men's Basketball hosts UNLV on Saturday. It is currently Friday night, later Friday night, so most of you uh, probably listening Saturday morning before the game. Uh, biggest home game at Moby in a while, I'd say probably uh, two or three years. Really just this two-game stretch in general, probably the the most relevant games at least you'd have to go back to the magnificent seven years that a really crazy 2016-17 year where they were able to finish second in the league uh, ultimately fell to Nevada in the in the title game so really encouraging that CSU was able to pull out that win I you know I turned to uh, Luke Zalman with like eight minutes left when they went down a 10 and like this game's over man it's over it, it just felt like uh, that final stretch you know it kind of felt like we were going into a, a similar situation as the uh, Utah State game where they were just kind of pulled away but the Rams they just never quit you know and just an awesome fun night I think they're expecting an, an even better crowd for Saturday uh, the students usually show up in force for the orange out so I'm uh I'm pretty excited for this game. I just some of my favorite games just from the entire time I've been covering this team have been Orange Outs. The 2015 game against UNLV was awesome. The 2017 game against San Diego State. The 2013 game against San Diego State. There have been a a lot of really good uh, Orange Out games over the years. There have also been a couple of blowouts last year was not exciting at all. They beat uh, Wyoming 83-48 to on February 23rd. Uh, but overall, the Rams are 8-2 in the in the orange uniforms, looking to keep that 
success rolling. They've actually had a, both the losses have been in the last couple of years. They lost to UNLV in 2018, 79-74. That was a bummer. And then in 2016, the first ever loss in the orange uniforms to uh, Josh Adams and the Wyoming Cowboys. So overall, a pretty successful resume. I know there's not like, you can't really put a whole lot of stock into that other than just like the whole, you know, mindset, look good, feel good, play good. I'm not sure I'm really superstitious in terms of like some people are like, you know, we lost in these uniforms, we can't wear them, or you won in them, you got to keep wearing them, something like that. Uh, But I will say, I think if you're wearing cool looking uniforms, there's just something to be said about that uh, level of confidence it gives you and just that little, that little extra edge, you know, I mean, I just think when you're competing at the highest level, if you can get any kind of edge, you you definitely need to take it. Uh, but definitely a big game. Uh, like I said, though, I appreciate Dave Thorson taking a, a few minutes to just preview that game with me. I really just can't say enough good things about him and, and the way he impacts the players on a daily basis. It's just a lot of fun. I mean, you see, he's he's one of the loudest guys in the arena, but it's just genuine love. And to see the way he works with them compared to some of the old assistants, it's just, it's night and day. And you're you're really going to see uh, just, div- I mean, you, you've seen development from Nico and some of these guys since they've come in, but just the amount of improvement that you're going to see from the young guys over the next couple of years, it's, it's really going to be awesome. So just, he deserves a lot of credit. So does you know, Ali and, and JR and Aaron and, and JP. Nico obviously is going to get most of the, the credit, and I've I've given him a ton of it, but it takes a village, you know? It really does. And CSU is pretty blessed to have a, a pretty kick-ass staff. I just, you know, I, I, I don't think without those guys it would be going, you know, quite as smoothly. And I think just the benefit of being able to one, bring a couple of guys over from Drake. That was definitely huge just for continuity's sake. You know, you don't have any get-to-know-each-other get period. It was just, you know, let's hit the ground running. Let's get this bad boy uh, back to what it's capable of. And that's, it. that's exactly what they've done. And, you know, less than two seasons, CSU is already relevant. You know, they're not in the in the same position that San Diego State is or anything like that, but they're playing games that matter, and that's really all you can ask for at least at this point you know so big big game let's uh let's jump into some quick hitters here csu's won five straight at moby um the uh, the 2019-20 season these are courtesy of the game notes from john martin csu's basketball media contact uh, this is the 116th season in the history of the program the Rams are 1,277 and 1,280 all time. So currently three games below 500. They could actually, you know, flip that by the end of the season. Not that it, it doesn't really matter, but it's just nice to be able to say you're a winning program all time. Currently, uh, 499 winning percentage, pretty dang good. But, you know, get it over the hump. It's, uh, you only got to win a couple games. Definitely possible. Uh, throughout the years, UNLV is definitely dominated the series 40 to 16 uh, since they since it's been a league game 29 to 15 so more competitive but uh, still definitely in the favor of the running rebels 
when these two teams met last year, UNLV won both in January in uh, Las Vegas. They won 78-76, great game, but CSU just fell short. And then in March when they came to town, they were ultimately able to win 65-60. to So both good games, uh, but neither one of them fell in CSU's favor. We're going to go over uh, some of the keys and stuff in just a second, but we're just going to take a quick moment to hear from our partner. It's time to take a second to talk about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR Rams. Look, it's Super Bowl Sunday this weekend. This is not the time to mess around. If you've got company coming over, you don't want to disappoint them. You don't want to be that guy that has, you know, a killer appetizer spread, but just a lame beer selection. You know, you're the guy with, oh, I don't know, a 12-pack of PBR or something. Uh, no offense if you like PBR, just... You could do better. You could do so much better. And what, how you could do better is by grabbing a 12-pack of Breckenridge beers. really doesn't matter what you go with. They, they recently released a collaboration with the Nuggets. So, so dope. Uh, I'm probably going to go with a 12-pack of Colorado Core this week. Uh, but ultimately, you really can't go wrong with Breckenridge. They just have so many choices. You know, the classic Amber Ale, uh, the the stout oatmeal stout there's just so many selections we love breck you love breck make your super bowl party a success with some damn good beers okay moving on with the dnvr rams podcast presented by bojo's pizza i think i'm gonna grab some bojo's pizza for my super bowl party maybe some jim's wings Woo! man I'm going to eat so much food on Sunday. Every year, I'm like, you'll pace yourself this time. You know, you'll just eat a reasonable amount of snacks. I'm going to treat myself. I know that going in. But I always tell myself, like, you're not going to completely engorge. You're not just going to eat half a pound of M&Ms and 15 hot wings and half a pizza and God knows what else. But I am. I absolutely am. I'm not even going to lie to myself this year. I'm just going to accept it. I'm going to try and eat as little as I can on Saturday. Got to eat just enough to have energy to cover the game, obviously. But I'm really just going to kind of try and fast. And then Sunday, I'm just going to go absolutely crazy. I might just like start the day off with a crazy meal. Just really get myself in that mood. Go out for like a breakfast or something. I don't know. I'm going to eat like 8,000 calories though. It's going to be glorious. Uh, what are your guys' favorite Super Bowl snacks? I would be curious to to poll. Because, you know, you see, you always see those, like, crappy things on Twitter that's, like, every state's favorite uh, Super Bowl snack, and they're never accurate. They're always just, like, Colorado always has, like, some vegetable or something. And it's like, what Super Bowl party have you ever been to where they were offering vegetables? Like, maybe a little veggie tray? But it's honestly just for appearances. Like, on the Super Bowl, I want wings. I want chips and dip. I want M&Ms. I want, you know, the whole nine yards. I don't want quinoa or spinach or any of that good stuff for you. Anything that has nutritional value. Pretty much throw it out the window on Super Bowl Sunday. It's all about football. It's all about snacks. It's all about beers. That's what the Super Bowl is all about. That's what I want. 
if I go to a Super Bowl party and they're like offering some low fat anything or I don't even know. Basically just like if it's healthy, I don't want it on the Super Bowl. That's how I feel. I'm going to try and get back on track here, but my mind's in the gutter. It's late. I'm hungry. I I didn't eat a big dinner. Maybe that's it. I guess the the fasting on Saturday, maybe not the best option, Uh, but you know, we'll see. We'll just have to see how I, how I decide to play things out, but uh, getting back on track, let's, let's talk about what needs to happen for CSU to get a victory. Uh, This UNLV team, they're obviously doing really well at least in conference play. They're only 11-11 and 11 overall, but 6-3 and three against the Mountain West. They have lost two in a row, so they were sitting at 6-1, and one, really <laughs> were on fire there for a while. Uh, but their two losses, you know, at Nevada, that's a tough game, a rivalry game. You know, the, the atmosphere was intense. And then San Diego State, the only undefeated team in the nation. So both respectable losses, and, and that loss to the Aztecs was only by four. Uh, so really, really just playing hard. I think that would probably be what stands out the most to me about this UNLV team. And that's what Dave obviously talked about as well, just the effort that they play with. And, and that makes sense. You know, if they're a great offensive rebounding team, a lot of that comes down to effort. It's just cla- crashing the glass. It's it's being in position. It's It's working. It's doing the dirty work. It's getting low. It's it's all that kind of stuff, and CSU's really got to bring their A game, uh, you know, or UNLV could really make things difficult on them. They play aggressive on, on both ends, uh, really, really like to press on defense, which is not really something you see uh, that frequently anymore. I don't I don't know why more teams don't do it. I know it's hard to to keep up. You kind of have to have a good depth if you're gonna do it for long periods of a time. But I don't know. I'm gonna be. I'm just going to be interested to see how CSU comes out. I like the intensity that the Rams played with on offense. I don't think they were a phenomenal on defense against Nevada. They weren't bad or anything like that. Just just inconsistent. That would really be the, the way I would put it. Um, this, this UNLV team on offense, they run a lot of high screens, so you, you really got to just be in the right position. You don't want to get... Uh, sucked into the wrong area they're trying to create isolation opportunities for their guards they're trying to create uh, just chances to to get nice open shots they like to uh, really really do a lot of ball reversals and the thing about it is they just play so fast Uh, so you know the the key for CSU is honestly just going to be can you counter their aggressive approach with your own aggressive approach if they're throwing a full court press on you you got to break that press and score before you know UNLV can set up in their half court defense. If if they're playing aggressive offense, you got to play aggressive defense right back at them. You got to be in the right position, but you got to have your hands up, and and you can't let them dictate the pace because I feel like for most of that Nevada game, Nevada completely dictated the pace of the game. They, you know, they determined the flow and on CSU's home court. That's what the Rams need to be doing. You know, you got to. That's one of the advantages of playing at home. So can you set the pace? I think that's really going to be big. And then obviously you got to keep UNLV off the glass. A lot of that comes down to Nico Carvacho. He's going to get it done. I really, I really think so. One of the, you know, one of the better rebounders in the country. 
I think he's going to be after this moment. His parents are going to be there. Uh, but really, David Roddy, too. It's going to come down to both of these guys. You got to stay on the floor. You can't get into foul trouble. So you got to play defense, but you got to play smart defense. And then, you know, the same goes for DT when he gets in the game. Uh, you know, all the responsibility isn't on the big men, though. If if UNLV is a good offensive rebounding team, you got to protect the guards because the guards are actually a great rebounders on this UNLV team. So you got to box out. You got to be aware of where guys are. And it's really just all comes down to spacing. If you can do that, I think they're going to be okay. But you just really got to limit it because you, if you give them all these second chance opportunities, that's how this game gets out of hand. Offensively, I'd like to see them uh, try to get Adam Thistlewood some looks. He was he was excellent against Nevada. I really just did a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Isaiah and David are going to get all the love for the David's block, and then Isaiah obviously hit the game winner. Both of those plays were incredible. You know, both of them highlight-worthy, uh, worth sharing online, all of that. Awesome, got the arena going. But, you know, Adam did a little bit of everything. Quietly dropped a career-high 24 points, really efficient, 50% from the three-throw line, hit all of his, or excuse me, 50% from the three-point line, 100% from the free-throw line. Uh, really just consistent. Got to the rim, drew multiple and ones. Uh, created his own shots, knocked down a couple of just really tough jumpers with hands in his face. Uh, this guy's a hooper, man. I know because he's, you know, he's a, he's a skinny white kid out there, and he's, you know, got the baby face and the crew cut, and then the, you know, just kind of looks like somebody you'd see in like a, a preppy basketball movie or something like that. But don't get it twisted. He is a stone cold killer out there i've been using that phrase a lot lately apparently that's my new phrase uh used it in my lead for isaiah stevens after knocking down the game winner but he really is a baller man i just i love watching the way he approaches the game it's just it's really rare you know he's always moving when he doesn't have the basketball he's creating he's become a better rebounder uh, has been way better defensively this year i've talked about that a lot but Part of it, you know, is, is having Roddy out there with him and not having to guard the opposing team's fours. But, you know, I, I would just like to see them uh, try and get Adam some some early opportunities because I think when he's aggressive and looking to score, it just opens things up for for everyone. And then moving off of that, they need more produ- production from the bench. Uh, against Nevada, the bench got outscored 33-8. to That's just, it's not going to get it done most nights. The fact that they were able to win is kind of crazy, to be honest. Uh, given when you have such a such a large disparity, especially with the way that Nevada's starters were rolling and and Jalen Harris specifically, but John Tanjay only got four minutes in that game. I would like to see him get I don't know at least ten minutes. You know, I know he's not as strong defensively as Chris or Hyron, but there's just no doubt that he's a better scorer and. I like what he brings to the table. I think he has that ability to, you know, knock down a, a big shot. He's fearless. He shoots with such confidence, and I love that. You're not going to make them all, but, you know, shoot like you are. It's, you know, we're, it's it's been a tough week. We all lost Kobe Bryant. Still feels surreal, but Kobe shot every shot thinking it was going in. And, you know, John Donjay's not Kobe. Don't get, don't get it twisted, but he's 
he's got a little bit of that killer mindset that just almost like unawareness, but like in a positive way, just, no, I'm putting it up. G and Clavel definitely had that. Uh, but I like this kid, dude, man. I like him a lot. Almost said kid, didn't. Justin won, almost saying kid, zero. But uh, yeah, I'd, I would just like to see him get a little more run um, with how tight it was in that Nevada game. I, I get why they, they couldn't go to him. They just, I, I don't think they trusted him on the defensive end. And that, that you know, it's fair. Nevada's a, a tough team. They have a lot. Their guards are very experienced. That's that's a tough situation to come in off the bench. But in this game, uh, maybe it's early in the first half or something like that. Get him some, get him some minutes. Just see if he can get a couple shots off and Maybe he's able to to create a spark off you because you you need more than your starters. You really do. Uh, so I think that's about it. Uh, definitely got to look out for their guards, Amari Hardy and Bryce Hamilton. Their two leading scorers uh, currently combined for about twenty eight points a game. So got to look out for those two. Jiang obviously in the in the post. He's their leading rebounder as well as their leading shot blocker. Uh, but this should just be a fun game at Moby. If, if you're hesitant, get there. They need a big crowd. You know, I really think that played a difference in that game against Nevada. I think sometimes uh, home field can kind of get overstated, but I think it just gives the guys a little bit extra juice. And, you know, in a tight game, sometimes that's just what you need. I am going to run because I want to watch the end of this Lakers uh, Trailblazers game. Damian Lillard is just absolutely going off. It's Dame time. But I hope to see everyone at Moby Arena. If you're at the the game, show us your pictures, tag us in it, all that fun stuff. But yeah, that's about it. Hope everyone has a fun weekend. Or I don't know why I'm saying that, because we're going to be back with the post-game podcast. Uh, But let's just have it. Have a good weekend anyways. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly